Hi everyone, John Porteous of the Lovells Township Historical Society here, and you're listening to the Backcast Podcast. Hey, we're back from summer break, and uh, wow, do we have a great guest for you today, Karen Harrison, who's the current president of the Mason Griffith Founders TU chapter, uh, is with us today, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, all the various contributions and the uh, selfless volunteerism uh, Karen has offered the watersheds, and I think you'll enjoy it. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Well, um, good day, podcast uh, listeners. Uh, we're delighted today to have John Porteous and I to uh, to welcome Karen Harrison to the uh, podcast uh, team, and uh, we uh, we we know. Who Karen is, and we know what she does, but we don't know what's motivated her or how she came up to these beautiful north woods and rivers, and we hope to learn more about that today. And and uh, just just as a touch of background, I when I when I think of volunteers, uh, I think of Karen as a quintessential volunteer, organizer, and a, a general doer. And believe me, if you could combine the hours that Karen Harrison has put in and add that to Bob uh, Anders and apply it to a person, that person, he or she would be old enough to drink and vote right now. <laughs> oh, pretty good introduction there, Glenn. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, we're, we're delighted to have you, John. Uh, this is going to be fun. Uh, we really want to know more about Karen, your background, and, and what brought you up here. So why don't we start with that, John? Does that make sense? Sure. Um, how how did you come to this part of the woods? And I guess that's as good a place to start as any. Okay. Well, that's actually probably pretty simple. I've I've forever in my life, except for when I was going to college, of course, um, lived um, out. I never lived in a city. And the last place I lived was near Kalamazoo, a little town of Goebbels, and uh, lived on 60 acres of land and lived there for like 27 years. So it was time for a change. Um, you know, I started exploring, thinking where I'd like to live and exploring, and I realized, you know, throughout um the years when I had my daughter and that, we would always rent a place on a lake and go fishing and, you know, enjoy that. But I really didn't want to live on a lake, so I started looking at rivers. And I started looking anywhere from Manistee over to Luzerne. I don't think I ever went as far as Mile. Um, and it took me um, three years to find a place that I wanted to settle down in. And this is where I settled on the headwaters of the Asabo system. Mm. Good choice, Karen. Yeah. Nice <laughs> start. Nice start. Okay. Hey, That's, I almost, yeah. almost had, almost had a place on the North Branch, but uh, the deal didn't go through. So, where was that, Karen? It was Huss's place. Oh, Huss's! Oh, really? Oh my! When oh, he had Huss it for guy. sale. No, it was oh, when he was first trying to sell it. Okay. Um, All right. Before he took it off the market, um, mm-hmm. I actually put a bid in on it. Oh, darn! 
Well, you know you've got a beautiful spot now up on the on the Manistee headwaters, and and uh, you've seen a lot of uh, you've seen a lot uh, involved in uh, in our Northwoods rivers, and I, I I know that you've done so much in the area of volunteering, and tell us tell us how you got involved with the as uh, just the first question how you got involved with Trout Unlimited in in volunteering. Um. Okay, first I'm going to make a correction. I live on the headwaters of the Osavo system, not the Manistee. Oh, did I? I'm sorry. Osavo. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. And, that's right. Yeah. But how I got involved with Trout Unlimited? Well, um, that's another little story. Um, actually, I belonged to Trout Unlimited, the Kalamazoo Valley chapter, when I lived downstate. Um and I got involved in fly fishing when the fly girls had a um, half a day workshop at Wolf Lake Fish Hatchery. Um, so was that with Ann Miller? It was with, I can't remember Dorothy. if Ann was there at that time or Dorothy. I know that uh, Tina Straw was there. And um, I would imagine Dorothy was there, but I'm not sure Ann was at that particular one. Um, and, you know, the fish hatchery at that point in time, they have a stocked pond. And they allowed us to fish in their stocked pond. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine uh, we actually did catch a couple fish, very large fish, out of their stocked pond. And uh, and it wasn't too long after that that um, the Fly Girls had one of their events um, up near Wellston. And so a friend and I went to that. And uh, I think that's kind of what led me to the river. But uh, when I moved up here, of course, I still belong to Trout Unlimited. And uh, Trout Unlimited puts you in chapters according to your zip code. So as you'll know, Glenn, the original chapter I belonged to up here was the Headwaters chapter. Mm -hmm. um, so I got involved with the Headwaters chapter and helping with um, with their banquets and um, met a lot of great people, including yourself. Uh, and, you know, probably the other thing that led me to a lot of the conservation efforts up here is when I was looking for places, I quite often stayed at gates. And if you stayed at gates, um, you got to know rusty gates. And uh, when I moved up here, well, you know, it was like, oh, Karen, can you help with this? Can you help with that? You know, he he had a very delicate touch of reeling you in. So... Um, <laughs> He played us all like a, like a young trout. You know, he was very gentle, as you say, and and uh, wise in the way he uh, he got people involved. I, I've said for years that Rusty uh, ran a wonderful dictatorship uh, in the anglers, and in a good way. I mean, he 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 ran the anglers, and and if something needed to be done, he'd tap somebody like Karen or Andrus or who, who knows. Um, uh, to to get it done and, and they do it and it was a wonderful organization and then we lost him and anglers has uh, transitioned into a very good committee based uh, organized organization that does a heck of a lot of good and 
And uh, we'll ask you about that, too. Uh, wh- when did you first get involved with anglers, Karen? I first got in- member. I was. I first got involved with anglers when I moved up here, and I moved up here in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So 2007, I believe, was their 20th anniversary banquet. And um, all through the winter, I would get these little phone calls from Rusty that said, hey, soup's on, boardroom's open, come on over. We we need some help doing a couple things. So, <laughs> so you know, you go over there and you, you chit-chat and have fun and have lunch and um and, you know, one day he says, well, I, I need somebody to do the ads for the brochure for the 20th anniversary uh, banquet. Uh, would you do the ads? And I said, well, yeah, sure, if, you know, somebody shows me what they want done. And um, so I got involved with that. And then I said to Rusty one day, I says, who's going to do the rest of this brochure? And he says, well, I guess I am. Well, you can guess where that led. <laughs> yeah, Karen did the rest Funny of the how it, how A little scope changed along the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I uh, got involved with the banquet, um, was elected to the Anglers Board, and I was uh, secretary for the Anglers for quite a few years. Um, so, and... Worked on a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Well, now you almost ran the, the 25th anniversary, didn't you? Dinner? Yep, Dennis Dennis Potter and I did that. Ah, okay. I recall uh, hearing good things about Karen Harrison organizing that thing, and it, both of those uh, banquets were really, really well attended, and uh, a fine job of raising money and uh, honoring Rusty. And the whole crowd of the anglers people that do such good work up here in the North Woods. Yeah, they, yeah, it they was were pretty little... fun occasions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> they were pretty crowded too. <laughs> oh, they were. They sure were. Well attended. So. Yeah, it's good fun. The mm-hmm. Karen, out, outside of the the banquet thing, I mean you. You've you've had your touch on, oh goodness, I can't even begin to count the projects. Uh, you know, would you would you like to talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I really don't know where to begin, but you know, with the anglers, of course, I <laughs> I, jo- I joined the board about at the end of the Colca Creek um, litigation that went on, and. Um, kind of uh, left the anglers board somewhere pretty close to when the fish hatchery um, litigation started because I do remember sitting in the boardroom with uh, Dan Vogler and other um, organizations, people from organizations, the anglers, um, Trout Unlimited, et cetera, trying to talk to Dan about um maybe what his plans were and um, if he would consider doing something else with uh, the fish hatchery. But uh, so I was, I was involved in a lot of that. Um, Then, you know, at the the end, and I was involved with a lot of things um, 
just helping out the anglers. Those were the two big ones at that point in time. And then when I left the anglers board, I was already transitioning into Mason Griffith chapter. I, I left the Headwaters chapter because at that point in time, I saw the Mason Griffith chapter was pretty active in doing projects. And I thought that would probably be a little more exciting and I'd learn a little more. Um, I mean, I do have a science background. I got a, a minor in biology and chemistry. Um, so it was it was kind of an easy transition to try to learn a little more about uh, what's going on in the river. So um, I must honest. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Glenn. Well, I was going to say I didn't realize you were with the Headwaters chapter first and then transitioned into Mason Griffith. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, now you have been president of the Mason Griffith chapter for how many years now? Uh, I well, I think I quit counting. It's six or seven. <laughs> I can't remember. Six or seven. Six or seven. And and I I remember when uh, Headwaters chapter was uh, really the the chapter that that was no longer just uh, making money on banquets and then giving them to other organizations, but they were. Uh, very much involved with the boots in the water, so to speak, with John Walter's uh, uh, impact. And they were getting great things done. And uh, at, back then, at the Mason Griffith wasn't that involved. And then Mason Griffith made a tremendous uh, change in direction and began to do the same kind of thing. And you must have been a big part of that. And Mason Griffith now is, is just like uh, Headwaters uh, used to be, and still is to that matter. But uh, Mason Griffith just gets an awful lot of good things done, and I think of what you've done with uh, help on both uh, Big Creek over in our neck of the woods, uh, West Branch of Big Creek, and uh, the work on, the, on uh, the North Branch. And could you share some of those projects with us and, and how they how they developed? And yeah, you know, actually Mason Griffith. It was actually before I got involved. The president was Mark Hendricks, and in mm-hmm. about 2010, you know, they sat down and said, you know, we just don't want to give money to organizations. We want to do something. So um, they worked with the Anglers, North Branch Area Foundation, uh, DNR, to kind of put together a five-year plan of, you know, who who was going to kind of take ownership of what section of the river. So, you know, we were coordinating things and getting things done. Um, so Mason Griffith kind of started um, with the headwaters of the Asable system. Um, the anglers actually said, well, you know, we'll kind of concentrate on the north branch. So um, that's where it kind of got started. And I remember one of the first projects that Mason Griffith did was put in um, – some ruffles in the Williams track in the headwaters of the Asabo. As I can remember, luckily I was there, but I wasn't doing this. They were loading wheelbarrows with gravel, <laughs> floating them down to a float, and then wheeling them up to the front and dumping gravel into the river. Uh, this was all permitted, of course, but um, that's kind of where it started for Mason Griffith. And um, 
I started going to their board meetings and then Mark Hendricks was having some uh, health problems and he says, you know, guys, I just can't concentrate on this right now. So Bob Andrus kind of took over the Mason Griffith for a while. And um, then I started getting weekly phone calls from Bob Andrus. And I was, hey, Karen, why don't you become president of our chapter? And I'm like, oh, Bob, I'm not even on your board. I'm not going to be your president. And uh, <laughs> he won't. <laughs> he eventually wore me down when um, I can actually say I went to three or four of the board meetings and then uh, um, one night I remember I attended a board meeting and I became a board member and the president at the same meeting. <laughs> the same meeting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's so, to your efficiency, Karen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's get it know. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's don't beat around the bush here. So, um, but you know, then Mason Griffith just kept continued doing what they were doing. Not only did they work on the the Williams track doing habitat work, um, but I think in the next year or two. Um, one of the projects they took on was refurbishing all the CCC structures on the mainstream. Um, they went in and repaired them and um, replaced them if they needed to be replaced. Uh, and that was a big job. Uh, that lasted for at least two summers worth of work um, for a crew. And then we kind of switched back and... Um, to the headwaters and worked from Pollock Bridge down to M72 doing uh, habitat improvement. Uh, and then we kind of moved, as you mentioned, Glenn, we did um, the same years. We quite often had two projects going, and one of them was the West Branch of Big Creek um, and north of County Road 612. Um, and, you know, that was a great project because it was considered kind of um, a demonstration project by the DNR. Um, there were some things done there that had not been done before. Um, and so, and Glenn, I'm sure you'll remember this day, we had 15 people there doing longitudinal profiles on the west branch of Big Creek. Um, and this was part of uh, the DNR, what they needed done. They wanted to do the longitudinal profiles, including cross sections and pebble counts and um, before we began work so that it could be repeated a couple years after we finished work to see if we had accomplished what we needed to accomplish. Um, I remember well. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was a day to remember. So um, we even I mean, had the, the DNR or the DEQ director from up in uh, the UP, the manager, come down for that one, and and uh, it was a it was quite a long session, and and that worked out extremely well. Um, some some fine results of, of that project. Increased the gravel 
cut, cut the sand off of the gravel and increased uh, uh, fish population and insects. And Steve Sendak has a wonderful story of, of the success of the work on both uh, West Branch of Big Creek and also the, of the headwaters of the, uh, of the mainstream. Oh, yeah, I know that um, actually Steve gave um, a talk at a meeting um, about the uh, headwaters projects and, you know, the increase in the biomass of fish and the insects. And it was just quite impressive statistics of uh, the the good that's been done. And there's a lot of testimonials from people that... Um, will say, you know, within about, you know, half a day of putting structures in, I was already seeing fish moving into them. Um, and then, you know, it's like two years later, you won't believe the fish I caught out of there. So um, <laughs> it's a... Uh, oh, it is, uh, Karen, yeah. As I, I recall, you, you and some others had a meeting with uh, the director of the DNR um maybe last year and had the chance to share with him some of those successes. You want to touch on that a little bit? Um, yeah. You know, we we thought with the head of the DNR coming in new, um, it would be um, really great to kind of show them what we're doing up here um, and, you know, give them a little tour around. So it was Mason Griffith uh, Trout Unlimited, um, anglers of the Asabo and North Branch Area Foundation representatives. Um, we met uh, Dan Eichinger and we gave him a little tour of some of the work that had been done on the headwaters. Um, then we uh, went out to the North Branch and had lunch. Um, and we then had a video that we had. Glenn, do you want me to mention names? <laughs> uh, no, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But, but we, had, okay. a, we that's, had a drone. That's why I. That's why I didn't. I was going to mention yeah. the drone. We'll protect but... the innocent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so we we had a uh, a person who. Uh, agreed to help do some drone footage of what had been done on the West Branch of Big Creek. And um, it was oh, a great, great video. In fact, we showed it at our banquet last year. Um, and it showed all of the, the gravel that was there now and all the differences it made in the river. And uh, we, we showed Mr. Eichinger that. And um, he was just quite impressed with what uh, the people had and organizations had been doing up here in the North Woods. That was a real success story, Karen. I think, from from what I understand, good good job, well done. Thank you. I think that uh, and, and it was teamwork with the anglers and the North Branch Foundation, and I, and I think, uh, um, if I recall. Uh, Director Eichinger mentioned a few times about how unusual this whole area is with the passion of the people involved and the willingness of the volunteer base to, to really get, get into this conservation work and try to make a difference and try to help out. And 
thousands of hours of effort and planning and, and, and not just the work but the money that, that is offered also by the volunteer bases is not to be found, I don't think, anywhere else in, in Michigan. I'm, I'm not trying to belittle other areas of effort, but uh, it's just an amazing part of uh, this state and the uh, passion of the people that love our, our rivers and our north woods. It's a credit to um, lots of them. And thank well, you for being up here, Karen. Yeah. And I, I think it's a credit to the fact that um, the organizations work together. Um, you know, we, we try to coordinate efforts rather than um, duplicate things. So that's mm -hmm. one of the great things I see. Um, and now I'm going to throw a little side in just because you mentioned all the volunteer hours. You know, for TU, we are supposed to report every year our volunteer hours. Um, and I'm sure that we never capture quite all of them, but every year we're running somewhere around 3,000 volunteer hours. Oh, my God. That's amazing. It's, it's just incredible. And, you know, personally, having you as our guest today, Karen, I, I hope gives people that may not be aware of that level of volunteerism uh, when they go out and they, you know, that foot in one of these rivers and it's you know an amazing place to fly fish or recreate and it's you know you're at the tip of the spear on that and and leading and setting the example and it's it's just it's a wonderful thing thank well you done, girl well done hey <laughs> <laughs> hey i don't know what i do with my time otherwise you know i mean uh <laughs> this whole sit back and and uh relax thing is is working it might it might be scary you know uh, <laughs> do, do you have time to go out and cast a line do you fish much Karen? you know i really don't john um i don't fish much at all uh i have time but you know it's like well, i i just enjoy the river you know, it's like I enjoy going out. I enjoy doing our insect surveys because they're just, mm -hmm. it's just kind of fascinating the things that you find. Um, you know, and it's like I just love finding caddis in their little stone houses. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I actually like, you know, the caddis hatch because, you know, they're just kind of dancing around in the sky like nobody's watching them, you know. They're just having fun is what it looks right? like. <laughs> yeah. Having fun. They really are. <laughs> yeah. They're you all know? having their own party. <laughs> yeah. That's what it appears like to me, you know. And um, I, I share that it, vision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really well. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've got uh, – I, I would kind of be neglect if I didn't mention that our chapter also, I mean, we have a lot of things that uh, we do besides habitat work. But one of the things I think that it's been slowly building for us is trying to get some youth involvement. And I don't know if we've done this for five years, I think now. And we're part of the fishing club in the middle school. And we teach fly tying um, from, like, January until March. Um, so we go in and, you know, 
work with the kids and tie flies and I can tell you there's some really creative flies that come out of this class. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's kind of like, well, the the last class we always do egg flies just because we bring in pizza and have a pizza party. Um, mm-hmm. But then it's a free-for-all, you know. Take the materials and make whatever you want. And, uh, and some really good inventive minds out there. But we also do trout in the classroom uh, in the middle yeah, school. Yeah, tell us about that because that's an interesting uh, project that can really get kids excited. Yeah, it's um, usually in about January. Well, we set up the tanks in two classrooms in the middle school the last couple of years and um, get them all set up. And then uh, we go to Cedar Brook uh, and buy brown trout eggs. So we get about 200 eggs per tank and take them in. And the teachers in these classrooms are um, teaching the science of the river, basically. I mean, they're they're helping the kids watch the eggs hatch and then grow, and the kids are responsible for feeding them, uh, for cleaning, um, and they just they actually name these fish. They <laughs> take possession of them. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, of course, we have to get a stocking permit. But we usually get we get a stocking permit to uh, release the fish in the in the river. Um, and so we, about May usually, we let the the young fish go. The the children let the young fish go because they take take three or four at a time in a cup and gently release them. And I hear kids saying, oh, goodbye, Alexander. It was fun seeing you, you know. And um, they they just have a really good time. So, uh, and it's their awesome. little science project, yep. <laughs> and how old are these kids, Karen, that uh, are in the classroom? Um. 12 to 14? Okay. No, not, yeah, probably even yeah. 11. Yeah. 11 yeah. to 14, probably, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you set yeah. them on a lifelong passion. Oh, yeah, and then as the fishing club, you know, the, the parents and teachers participate, and, you know, we've taken them out to, to Howes Lake fishing or uh, we've taken them down to the fish hatchery last fall um, and, you know, let them have fun. So. I, I remember helping out moving some fish from the fish hatchery to, uh, was it House Lake, where we put them in last uh, late, or yep. late fall? Yep, yep. And uh, I would guess there's some pretty nice fish in that lake, maybe still, I don't know. Uh, I think people caught on last winter. We did quite a bit of fishing at Howes Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Those were beautiful. Those were beautiful trout that went in there, and uh, it was a treat to do that. A lot of fun to help out. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. That's good. Yeah. Night, night runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had to. I. 
I saw a lot of um, Facebook postings about fish being caught without anybody ever saying where it was, but uh-huh. I'm pretty sure if you looked in the background closely, you could figure it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're going to have to start calling it Lake X. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yep. So. Um, Karen, you said that uh, you had a, a minor in biology and, and chemistry. Where, where did you do your uh, undergraduate work? Western Michigan University. Western Michigan, okay. Yeah, my well, my degree, my major was medical technology. So, hmm. uh, so of course, the med techs work in the labs and the hospitals and that, but I, I never worked in the hospital. I actually worked for the pharmaceutical industry for 33 years. Hmm. Now, Upjohn is around Kalamazoo, isn't it? Were, were you with Upjohn? Yep, I was. Were you? Yep, I, I, I started work. Go ahead. No, go ahead. When did you start? Um, well, I started right out of college at the um, working at the farm set up, John. I'll be darned. Well, I, that, that hits close to home because I had an uncle who was Dr. Floyd Eberly, and he was uh, a vice president of Upjohn, head of research and development, and the only non-Upjohn on the board of directors. You know what? Yeah. Uh, I know Floyd. I mean, I knew Floyd. Really? He's not alive anymore. Yes. No, in fact, I worked in a lab. I worked in a lab downtown, like a floor away from him. Oh, for God's sake! That was my uncle. And um, if I'm, I'm pretty sure he belonged to the Kalamazoo Valley chapter of TU also. I'm sure he did. He loved the Black yeah. Prisoner. He did he loved the North Branch. Um, he was quite a fisherman and a, a hunter. He would go to Scotland and hunt grouse in the in the in the uh, late late summer and I never knew him very well we were we were back east and uh, he was in Michigan and I only really spent a little bit of time with him they had a beautiful place on Gull Lake I remember but uh, yeah that was my uncle for heaven's sakes a small world Karen yeah, there's a small <laughs> world of that yeah for sure that's wild. <laughs> yeah, that is that's so funny because yeah. I mean honestly <laughs> I um, after I worked at the farm thought. I worked in downtown Kalamazoo, and I saw oh. Floyd quite often. So, oh <laughs> and and I remember him from um, he's he had a either a friend I don't know if they ever got married. Her name was Phyllis, I believe. Hmm. Oh, they might have been married. Marion, I think, and then I think she passed away and. I don't think he got married again after that. I don't think he got married, but he had a female friend whose name was Phyllis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I remember, I remember I her from the banquets too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah that is unusual. Well, well, Karen, if I may, what do you see? kind of in league with your five-year plan what what's what's the next big thing or what's 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 the next big project for you or or for all of us 
Well, you know, I think we're kind of working toward um, kind of a lot of different projects. Right as we speak, uh, we're working, putting Habitat in on the McGilsey property. The McGilsey property is on the headwaters. Um, it's above the Williams track, and the DNR just bought the property a year ago. Uh, we started work there a year ago, habitat work, and we're finishing that this year. Um, I think all of the groups have been kind of working toward trying to understand what's going on with fish population on the North Branch. Um, and all of the organizations got together and Last fall, we had a USGS gauge um, and temperature monitor put, um, a flow gauge and temperature monitor put in the North Branch at Kellogg's Bridge, um, which if people a aren't aware of, <laughs> yeah. people aren't aware of it, they should visit it. <laughs> um, so it's, it should be your first thing in the morning when you're checking your email and you should be checking river height and temperature. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, one of our ongoing um, projects is the West Branch of Big Creek. Um, we've, we've, uh, we we want to continue work below County Road 612. Um, we've just hit a few little bumps in the road, but we're still kind of working toward that. Um, and one of the things that uh, one of our our board members um, is passionate about working on the East Branch below the fish hatchery. Um, mm -hmm. What uh, that as a little historical information, has been kind of known as a kids' fishing area because it's behind the hospital, behind the elementary school. Uh, the library is right there. And um, we started looking into it, and, um, you know, there's very little access there. So kind of our plans are hopefully this year we'll go in and kind of look at uh, what could be done for habitat and maybe access and work with the township and the county um, because it's in their recreation plan to develop that area and put pathways along there and make it accessible. So we're we're hoping to do that. Um, I think that would be uh, that would be a fun project if we could get that all going and and sure. make it not only kids, project. yeah, not only kids but maybe handicap accessible. You know, um, mm -hmm. oh, that would be I fantastic. That, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so Karen, there's there's still talk about trying to uh, uh, enable the East Branch to go around the fish hatchery. Uh, how serious is that project in your mind? Is that is that a rea reality in in the future? Oh, I think it probably is. Um, I know the anglers are seriously looking at that, and I know Brian Burroughs, the executive director of TU, has actually worked with them to make some suggestions of how that can happen. Um, 
I would bet that that's probably at least a couple of years down the road. But um, and one of the keys it there would be passage passage of fish from the from the uh, mainstream all the way up past the hatchery into that water, isn't it? Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think that that that's still on the books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, beyond that, we're, we haven't gone yet. Yeah. No. I mean. Well, none of the things that you mentioned are insignificant. <laughs> you know, there's a lot to well, do. And well, actually, there is something else that we're kind of looking at, which is uh, another kind of interesting little thing. Um, uh, we've got the uh, DNR fisheries biologist for the South Branch. Um, interested in a little feeder creek to the South Branch, Robinson Creek. And um, one of our board members uh, last year took it about himself to fish little creeks just to see what they were like. And he said, certain parts of Robinson Creek are really, really good fishing. Um, I'm not telling you what parts, but um, anyway, they've... uh, (laughs) We've finally convinced uh, them that it would be a useful thing to go in and do a fish survey. So it looks like that might happen this month. Oh, that's oh wow. Okay. I must so, have missed that board meeting, Karen. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I <must laughs> missed that one. <laughs> well, you know, I, th- I think that one was, uh, it's just been kind of one of those little back burner things that mm-hmm. we've been treading lightly on and finally found a little interest there so good good good. um yeah so and then that sounds like a good project to me that'd be wonderful oh yeah and uh i don't know if john knows i know that um in 2017 we had a crew of four people they were working through Michigan TU. They were paying the payroll, and we were paying Michigan TU. Um, but they worked up here doing mapping of quite a few of the tributaries um, to the Asabo and to the Upper Manistee. So, um, so we have all that data, which. Michigan TU kind of crunched to tell us an overview of the river and where they thought, you know, the most significant changes could be made. So we've still got that to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, They're looking at that. And um, and I don't know if you want to go there, Glenn, but, you know, there's a big project on the Upper Manistee. Uh, Yes, there is. But even before you mention that... uh in, in, in keeping with your book, you just talked about Michigan TU, uh, there's quite a project going on right now on the North Branch, wherein Dr. Lutonton of Grand Valley State University uh, has two projects in, in process, and one is the uh, insect biomass study where he's trying to determine the volume of food in the North Branch. Uh, there's been an awful lot of concern about insect populations uh, having declined over the years, and uh, is there enough food in the North Branch to really feed uh, 
a healthy trout population. And I think the uh, samples have been taken, and uh, uh, Dr. Lutenton is now trying to uh, develop the, the data, look at the data and determine what we have for food volume in the North Branch. We know that there's good fly representations, but what kind of uh, volume of food is going down the stream? And that was one project. The second project is the mapping of the entire North Branch from the Ford uh, all the way down to the confluence with the mainstream uh, to really take a look at the stream bed and determine what percent is sand, what percent's gravel, what percent is uh, silt and cobble, uh, to really get a, a baseline understanding of, of what we've got. And only then are we going to be able to get any uh, support or cooperation from the DNR to do changing of the river if the sand load is increasing, as we think it is. So two major projects right. going on there. And, and then uh, go ahead and mention the one in the, uh, the, the Manistee, Karen. I think that's quite significant. Yeah, the the it is pretty significant. Um, there was a, a donor who went to Michigan TU um, and said, "I I want to make a a significant uh, contribution to some stream in Michigan. I I want to kind of be." the mentor for getting stuff done on this stream. So um, Michigan TU looked at many, many different streams and the data that had been gathered. Um, just for your information, Michigan TU has done a lot of the mapping exactly like Glenn's talking about for the North Branch on the rivers in Michigan. Uh, it's an overview that gives you exactly what Glenn said, you know, the the amount of gravel, the amount of silt, the amount of sand, um, the runs and riffles and pools. And um, so they looked at this data and then went out and looked at the streams and the donor decided that what he wanted to have worked on is the upper Manistee. So there is a huge effort going on with not only TU involved, um, the Upper Manistee River Associations involved, guides are involved, the Forest Service, the DNR, the DEQ. I mean, there's a great group of people that have put their heads together and said, okay, where would we tackle first on the Manistee River uh, and what would we do? And last year, about this time, uh, the group floated from well, a little below Yellow Tree, clear down to CCC, and looking at the river and saying, you know, this is really wide and it's got a lot of sand and what would we want to do here and what would we want to do there and um so everybody put their heads together and came up with their first priorities and second priorities and um michigan tu actually put in for a grant um this year to help work there uh with this donors matching funds um, of course, we haven't heard anything about grants this year because of all of the COVID-19 things. 
-hmm. but um, they have put in a permit to work uh, in that area. So um, it's it's just the beginning of what will probably be, I would guess, at least a four, five, six year project. Mm -hmm. That's such a, a, a pretty yeah, yeah, it is, and it's it's absolutely beautiful up there, and I. I It'll be exciting to see this collaborative effort uh, bear fruit. It's going to be really cool. Oh, it will be. <laughs> It'll be something. It'll be. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting for the area. Erin, um, yeah, there's there's so much going on in the rivers with regards to the conservation efforts and and the anglers right now. As as you know, Karen is doing work on the. Uh, North Branch between, uh, uh, actually on the Oaks property, which is above Twin, above Dam Four, actually above and below Dam Four, and putting in uh, something like 180 different tree structures uh, along that stretch. And the work's being done now by Sendek and his crew, and and anglers yeah. have funded that as they have so many other programs. But when you think of of the impact of TU and and uh, anglers and the North Branch Foundation. It's it's an exciting time to be up here helping out and and, and seeing good things happen in our uh, our watershed. Hey, yeah, no, certainly Glenn is. Glenn and Karen, I think this might be a great opportunity uh, for people that are listening who, after hearing just all these wonderful projects that are going on, how, how they might get involved and how they may, you know, fiscally or physically contribute. Uh, to some of these efforts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there is there a, an email address that somebody can, or a, you know, website, or how, how can people find out more and, and offer themselves up to these projects? Um, you want to give the give the uh, Mason Griffith TU website, which is a terrific uh, website. Well, Glenn, actually, it's a little outdated right now. It's very outdated yeah. right now. <laughs> what? Probably the the best thing for anybody to do to to help out with Mason Griffith is just send a note to info at Mason Griffith Tu all one word uh, dot org. So that's info at Mason Griffith TU one word dot org, um, and uh, those emails do get answered. Um, we're actually looking at, of course, this year was a year that um, we probably will have minimal fundraising efforts. I mean, we had a raffle that was ready to go, um, and it uh we kind of canceled the raffle because one of our well our biggest events are the the uh fly fishing club expo in warren um and opening weekend of course uh and those were kind of uh, you know canceled this year yeah. um so we can't <laughs> yeah along with you know the leaky Just wheel about everything. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're we're all kind of you know 
all of our organizations are kind of uh, in that same boat. Uh, it, it, I'll use Glenn's phrase, you know, that damn virus. So uh, it's, um, but you know, for the, for those listening, um, that you know, that have it within themselves, it, by all means, reach out. There's just there, it, there's so much good that comes from all of this, and he, even in a, a rough year like this year, amazing stuff's getting done. I mean, Leslie and I floated uh, a couple of times down to Dam Four, and um, the work that uh, the crew's done down there is amazing. It's uh, <laughs> it's going to be just like I mean, you could already see fish, you know, hanging out under some of the stuff, so it, it's pretty cool. I'm going to see that next week going down there, John. But uh, to your to your question, uh, if people were interested in uh, getting involved or helping out with the Sable North Branch Area Foundation, uh, the the website for that is www.osablenorthbranch.org. Osablenorthbranch, all one word, .org, and uh, uh, just an email to that organization and would be followed up and. We would welcome anybody that would like to get involved and help out. We've got plenty of work to do, and and uh, as Karen says, it is fun to uh, participate, and they get a sense of uh, accomplishment and pride in, in getting something done for the environment. So, again, oh, absolutely! I mean, all it, your work. <laughs> there, there's more to it than just stepping in the river and casting a fly or floating in your kayak. Um, it's it's just it's a wonderful opportunity to to do something and and pay it forward. Exactly. Well, well, thank you, thank you too. I really really appreciate you joining us today, Karen. It's it's just been awesome, and uh, Glenn, as always, appreciate uh, your your guidance and uh, mentoring. So much obliged. We're learning a lot, and uh, we got a great bunch of people that we're interviewing. And Karen, again, uh, thank you so much for all the contributions that you've made over the years and, and what's still coming. So thanks very much, kiddo. Well, that was fun. The uh, Karen is such a, such a special person, so delighted we could get her on. Uh, real quick before we back out, a uh, couple of things to uh, bring to your attention. Uh, it has been extremely hot up here. Um, the waters are, are running hot, and uh, for those of you uh, that may not be aware, there is a 70-degree pledge, uh, so to protect the fish and keep them from getting stressed, uh, we encourage everybody to uh, not fish when those water temperatures reach 70 degrees, so uh, keep that in mind and enjoy. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with another great guest, and we'll look forward to talking to you then.